Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. And Mike, we are going to talk a little bit about the world situation here today and how it how it plays into what's going on here in the United States with our prices and maybe some concerns that uh, that we should have when we're looking at these at these markets uh, and uh, the macro markets in general. And let's start with China because they've been in the uh, in the the headlines quite a bit lately, and we haven't done a a true China podcast in a long time. So get us caught up on what what's going on over in China and why we're starting to see a little bit of shaky ground over there. Yeah, so over in China, we're having a big problem, much like we saw 08 on the U.S. side of things. We have this debt problem that's running over in China, and you saw them uh, make an announcement to their teachers to return their bonuses because they need the money in order to help with the current outstanding debt. You have, over the last several years, if not decades, uh, investments going into China into shell companies that weren't worth what they're supposedly worth not even producing in some cases um and then you have just the overlooming intertwine of what china is and that's going to be the manufacturing powerhouse of the world right now everyone goes to china to produce anything well they're also investing in foreign banks and currencies too so i mean that's a there's a lot of money moving around uh, in that situation they're they're uh, probably hiding it at this point but mm-hmm. yeah they own a lot of foreign debt they are the number one holder of japanese debt and number two holder of u.s debt which is definitely extremely worrisome if they find a reason to pack pass the buck given that would be cause for war if they did go that route so i mean neither circumstances is super beneficial but knowing that japan's the number one holder of u.s debt you can technically say that china has a very large percentage of U.S. debt, and then that plus tied with the uh, the yuan, tied with the euro, uh, definitely has a ton of implications if China goes under, dragging everyone else down with them. What's this do to our situation as far as what it means to the dollar and our own products here uh, in the U.S. if if they do go under? And and I'm not saying that they actually will go under. There will be some sort of a, but there's a there should should be massive waves that come along with this that are not necessarily beneficial to what's going on here. Yeah, so with what's going on, if China does default, if their debt just comes unruly and they, the huge problem erupts, you, you have the yuan and the euro that's going to tank. It's not going to be worth anything, and the U.S. dollars could go screaming higher, which in turn makes our goods that much more expensive. And for what we have as an unemployment situation here stateside, having our goods cost that much more and having no one working and having as much people on unemployment as we currently do, uh, it's it's not a good situation. Because then on top of already such a difficult uh, for businesses to have people come in and actually work, now you're not as competitive and people aren't coming and paying you for your services. And yeah. then these people that will come rushing back once this uh, unemployment situation stops and they're not getting the payouts, having that flood of people come back to the workforce with, at that point, no jobs because they weren't able to make as much and they now can't get business. 
and then you're just going to be at absence of jobs. It's it's a very negative situation mm-hmm. that could erupt. All right, and what we're also seeing, you know, from from a market uh, perspective, is is you see China in the news, uh, particularly about their their energy demand. It's not where it should be. It's not where anybody thinks it should be. You've got the U.S. Uh, putting pressure on OPEC to increase their output, um, but they don't have a reason to. You know, COVID uh, is still running rampant throughout the world, um, and people are not back to work. That's that's blatantly obvious here in the United States. Yeah, we're we're getting back, but we're not we're not where we want to be. You're getting paid to sit at home in a lot of cases, and and some of those numbers, as far as unemployed, are falling off uh, off because of they're they're outside of the uh, the unemployment uh, window. So it's uh, it's showing that as China's demand for energies is not there, the rest of the world has no reason to up, update their their output schedules as far as uh, crude goes or or gas uh, refinery or anything like that. So. Um, that continues to be a question mark in these markets. And I think you're starting to see up here at the highs or near the highs, you're starting to see some of that volatility take hold. And the tough part about that is that when that does take hold, as crude goes, and we saw this as a prime example last year, and I think we saw it in 2008 as well, if crude falls off hard, the rest of the world falls off with that. Corn goes down, beans go down, um, you know, any any of your your goods and services, those are are gonna the the prices of those products are gonna go down, and that's a that's a tough uh, a tough call. Even though the prices are going down, as you mentioned, the dollar continues to rally against it, so it makes those those goods and services look even worse, which could be a a real problem as as we move move forward here. Yeah, definitely, and. We're no matter which way you want to spin it, we're in a bad situation here stateside with energy prices where they're at, with Biden asking OPEC to raise output, they're not going to do it. It falls back onto us. Do we increase our internal output? Do we start incentivizing uh, production of oil? And are we going to be looking at, especially with all the bills that have been introduced to the House in order to start to increase? oil output and to uh, the, you had a Biden administration rule at the very beginning that they wanted to limit uh, government land for energy production which was vetoed um, or not passed through the uh, I think it was the Supreme Court is where it got shut down and now you have uh, out of California, Louisiana uh, bills coming out about being able to use that uh, federal land in order to get energy output so a lot of it is a scale that doesn't really know which way it needs to lean because we have so many different factors that are just at a very poor tipping point right now you have a lot of people unemployed no incentive to save uh, and businesses that are begging for people to come back Mm -hmm. to work and just unable to get anything in place so definitely a very negative picture that's being painted and definitely something to be very cautious of going forward. Well, as we as we start to I guess round out the picture for uh our soybean crop here. 
something that is a positive is that we've seen, as of the recording of this uh, podcast, nine straight days of China or unknown or both coming in and buying soybeans every single day. We're seeing two to five cargoes per day that they're picking up. Is this something that is as bullish as it looks? I mean, nine days is nothing to scoff at. That's that's impressive. Are we are we I know we're behind on sales, but is this something that we can get excited about or is this just a they're keeping us at bay because we still do have a, tr- a trade deal with them? Yeah, as of right now, it's something that you're looking at it and it's one plugged into the balance sheet, so it shouldn't be unexpected. Um, but two, you also have the South America problem with their crop, and at this point, Averwell could just be hedging their ideas until you get to the next crop. Um, so it's good to see. It's needed to see, uh, and we really need to see it continue because anything that China is buying, unless it's just you start to see these astronomically big numbers come into play, we have a very bullish export number plugged in to our balance sheet. So if we're going to keep it as bullish as we want to see it, you want to see these and you mm-hmm. need to see them. So definitely something that could be bullish, but as of right now, it's it's neutral at best. Right. So it's it's not something that you can really build a, a, a solid case for a, a much higher price in, in beans at this point with the production numbers we've got with the old crop demand or crush situation that we've got going on well let's talk uh, a little bit about something else if you if you have any kind of input or thoughts on this whole situation going on in Afghanistan because I've heard a lot of different uh, conversations um, some people talking about the potential for going back to war Uh, some people talking about implications in the crude oil market uh you know what are you what are you hearing what are your thoughts on this uh this situation it is another i mean just like everything else we've talked about a lot of different moving parts you have uh the taliban taking over afghanistan we pulled out our troops the taliban's making statements saying that they're going to allow for a peaceful transfer of people that are in there whether or not that happens we'll see uh, it could easily escalate to war, but as of right now, it does not seem like the Biden administration is overly worried to get back in there very quickly. They don't seem to have any rush on that. Um, so we'll see how that develops and if it's something that we do send troops right back. Uh, but as of right now, it just doesn't seem that's the case with our administration. Uh, everyone seems kind of cautious and just letting them work their way in there and saying, okay, well, we'll we'll see where this goes. Um, So what we'll be watching is do we do see that peaceful transfer? And if we see it, if they are at this point welcomed on the world stage, I'd be surprised considering they've been labeled a terrorist organization for as long as they have. But with where everything else is at, it very well might just be, you know what, we don't have time for this problem kind of mentality. We have so many other issues to be watching. Mm -hmm. We'll just let them take over and based on comments that's what it seems like we are watching happen so if they do allow for the peaceful transfer that should help stabilize ideas of we're not going to war right now but if that doesn't happen um 
definitely could be something that you see troops being sent back. And then the question goes into play, what's going on with this whole energy s side of things? Are we going to see them able to pump that oil or ground? And is someone going to help them refine it? That's going to be the bigger question, because if there is the tension that comes back into place and there is fighting and you have another country come in and help them refine this oil, that's going to start building alliances. And mm -hmm. that's when it's really going to start ramping up on a deeper world picture. So those are going to be the big two points I'd be watching. And if number one falls and we do see uh, a very unpeaceful transfer of people, uh, international trade is going to be number one. That's going to be something that's probably locked down pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And anything from there is anybody's guess. Sure. All right, let's shift gears to the uh, to domestic uh, issues here, and let's talk uh, the farm tour going on right now, um, and how this plays into what uh, what we do here at uh, at our offices. Uh, right now, you've got that uh, that group uh, going out and checking fields from South Dakota, and Nebraska, on the western side of things through Iowa and uh, Minnesota to the guys on the eastern side, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Illinois. And we are doing something very similar, except we're calling all of our customers. So we are doing our annual yield survey. We need everyone's help on this. We want to try and talk to as many people as possible. We know this year is far from perfect. You know, you've got some, some crops that are in really good shape. You've got some crops that are just normal. And then just like every other year you've got some some holes out there and one of those big holes is that northern plains area northern or the upper midwest as they as they want to call uh, uh call it now with uh, minnesota included so uh this is our our call to action if you will is is getting out there and taking a look walking your fields get us an idea of what you're looking at as far as an average for your uh, your corn crop uh, as far as an average for your beans and give us an idea of what it looks like versus last year not percentages we'd like to get uh, actual bushels per acre and I know that's tough you know obviously as you're out uh, out and about we're still making this crop we haven't finished making this crop so a rain this week or next week is going to make a big difference uh, about finishing that bean crop or finishing that corn crop and it could could be the difference of five to ten bushels an acre so but give us a give us a uh, give us a call jump on our website and give us some uh some data to uh, to work with here because the more data we have the better off we are at being able to help you get positioned in these markets uh for what's uh, what's to come uh with these these world situations and even our own domestic uh, uh situation here as well most definitely and just like you said, it's really the more data, the better. The areas that are great are great. The areas that are bad are bad. And there's so many scattered points in between that more data, the better. You're, we're not going to the same couple places uh, where maybe it's okay, maybe it's not, and the rest of the states is just out of the picture. Uh, it is going to be something that we want as much as possible, not only to help our clients, but also help everybody get a good grasp of what we're expecting at a national level. So, again, 800-262-7538 or allendale-inc.com. 
uh, to do that survey. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.